Get ready for Vancouver's premier real estate podcast. Your source for buying, selling, and investing in Vancouver's real estate market. With your hosts, two guys with faces for radio, Adam and Matt Scalina. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. We have an excellent episode for you today. We always do, but first we should quite seriously address the intro music. Yeah, the the intro music. A lot of people have been writing in. Uh, we were kind of see- making a joke of it before, but uh, turns out some people so, seriously dislike that music. They seriously dislike the intro music. So we're thinking we we've we're thinking, you know, I feel bad because it took Matt weeks with the echo machine to actually sort well, that that I think my, intro. Career, my my intro music career is basically finished. <laughs> the echo, I don't have any I don't have any echo machine. I, is that is that a thing? Uh, well, regardless, I don't have I don't have the confidence to move forward anymore. So we're gonna we're putting it out to somebody that actually is a professional. Exactly. So we're we're waiting on new intro music. So look forward to that. And uh, we might even uh, get rid of the dubstep, which we actually just learned was a term, and, uh, <laughs> and which also took me a long time. <laughs> yeah. Produce. Apparently, the transition music is called dubstep. So yeah. uh, we're we're probably gonna get rid of that as well. Yeah. Uh, but thanks for your feedback. It's yeah. always appreciated. We, we appreciate it all. But hopefully, we get an intro that we can actually stick with because, uh, frankly, it's more the content, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's the most important. <laughs> anyway, so Matt, we were actually on a bit of a spring break just finished up, so there was a, a little bit of a, a bit hiatus of, yeah. here on the show. But Matt, you were away, you were in Big yeah, White. Yeah, I was in Big White, uh, just outside of Kelowna. That? Oh, it was amazing, you know, got up uh, tons of snow, so it was a really great ski trip, kind of cleared cleared my head. It was it was a really good time, yeah. And you Were, were you skiing or snowboarding? Uh, I was skiing, skiing. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... Uh, haven't skied in a long time, so I rented some gear. But it's yeah, it's kind of like riding a bike, actually. Yeah, felt comfortable. Avoided yeah. the trees. Yeah, avoided the trees. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Good. Yeah, and you were you were in Hawaii. I was. I was in Hawaii, and uh, it was my first time. We were staying in an area called uh, Kihei um, in Maui. You know, really beautiful place. Sunsets are amazing. And uh, I know a lot of people from Vancouver actually go to Hawaii. Was, half so. the people I, I've been meeting seem to have either just returned from Hawaii or are on their way. Honestly, with the dollar the way it is, probably not the best place to be going right now yeah, in the US. terrifying. But uh, anyways, it, it, was, uh, it, it was a great trip. And um, yeah, actually, I had an interesting... We were talking about this uh, on yeah, the Yeah, you were telling me weekend. on the weekend about you, had a, you bought a poster. I bought a poster, the most yeah. expensive. I bought a $400 poster, which... Which actually, with the dollars, probably, what, a $600 poster? <laughs> a $2,000 poster? Yeah, you, we always say in real estate that you're... Uh, yeah, people from the states are getting a thirty percent uh, discount. discount. You, you right. actually got what's the opposite of discount? Yeah, exactly. It was it was expensive and 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 it was it was a total impulse buy. So I'll, I'll kind of give you the story. It, we we were down in a, in an area called I think it's called Lahaina, um, uh, you know, and it was a really nice town. And we're walking down the main drag, and it started raining. And it wasn't that the rain was that bad, but the wind in Hawaii, when it gets windy after about 12 You're noon exposed. or so, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's very windy, very rainy. So we were, we were basically just trying to get out of the elements. So we ended up in this uh, poster shop, which kind of has... By accident. By accident. So they've got kind of more modern stuff, and then they've got kind of historical posters and uh, artifacts. Maybe. 
maybe. Uh, so anyways, we're, we're, we're sitting in the store basically just trying to take refuge and we're, you know, trying to look like active consumers. We're rifling through. through yeah, you're, the, you're, you're there with a purpose. We're there with a purpose. And uh, one of the salesmen comes up to us. And but he wasn't a salesman, right? He, he turned out he was, he turned out, it turned out he was actually the owner of the shop. I was going to say, because when you told me this story, part of it was that this guy was, was a master. Well, there's a reason I, I went in there with no intention of buying something yeah, and I left with, with a $400 <laughs> poster. <laughs> and, and I know sales. So uh, anyways, we... We're we're looking through, and you know we're we're trying to look like we're we're quite keen on posters and and waiting for the rain to stop. And he comes over and he he engages us. It turns out it's the owner of the shop, but he's he's covering an employee who had called in sick. He's he, that's the only reason he's on the floor. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm sure he's he's constantly looking for uh, you know different uh, different product to buy, and he's not usually on the floor in his shop from the sounds of things. Although he should be. Um, so we get talking, and uh, turns out he's he's a really nice guy. He starts talking. The first thing he does is he engages us about where we're from. So he knows he knows Vancouver. He starts talking about Vancouver. He starts talking about where we're staying. He starts, you know, what have you guys done so far? And we're starting to get very comfortable with the guy, and it's it's an enjoyable conversation. Yeah, you like him. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. So he and as he's he's learning about us, he starts to talk about. Well, what kind of pieces are you guys interested in? And um, you know, so we're kind of looking and he's around. Also, he's also introducing you to 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 posters, right? And the stories behind it. You'd assume based on your. Well, that's that's it. And we're kind of we're a bit naive to it. We've we haven't been looking at you know. There's old movie posters. There's old uh, marketing materials. Everything else. And uh, we're looking around, and as he's as he's telling us these stories, you know, it 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 really is interesting stuff. He's telling us about he he mentioned in in talking about Vancouver, he mentioned that a lot of the old houses in Shaughnessy and stuff have some amazing movie posters under under the flooring, which you know we've heard stories of that uncovering mm-hmm. um, uh, very expensive pieces from from within homes. He told us a story about from the U.S. where they they found an old barn that had a a ton of movie posters from kind of the you know the the thirties, Charlie and 40s, Chaplin, that type of stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, and it was a, turned out to be a five million dollar find. Uh, and the guy who bought the house apparently, <laughs> I think he paid about forty thousand dollars for the barn or so. Uh, so it was a. He's it was, undoubtedly telling his family members what a genius investor he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so we're we're going through different stories, and at, you know, and he's he's basically telling us stories about certain pieces and this and that. And we're getting kind of ready. We see that the rain has stopped, so we tell him, you know what, we've got eight more Wrap days in Maui. Uh, we'll we'll definitely be back. And to be honest, like when I was leaving, I remember I was thinking, I actually do kind of want to come back because it would be nice to get something for. You well, know, but the funny part a, is, is that in the way that he he told the stories and engaged you, seems like he took uh, something that you maybe weren't that interested in and didn't see the value in, and showed you exactly. Just Why from, it was, I mean, a poster shop, right? That's something that. Well, that's and not a lot of people. It, it was having product knowledge and kind of going through each piece that I said, "Wow, this is actually really interesting." I mean, and his point was, you know, working in this industry, he said over time, he's really trying to connect people with the right poster. Right. And what he meant by that was, you know, it, it, he told us a few stories about certain people that had walked through his door. 
and there was something really meaningful for them. So maybe it was uh, a movie that uh, they shared with a, a, a partner that's you know now yeah, passed the first on date, or, or the you know, first date or something along those lines. And having these, you know, if there's a story behind the poster, that's his favorite part about the job is connecting somebody to the right poster. So we we got thinking about it. It was really interesting, and I found myself thinking, I wonder what like what poster would either yeah. define me or you're, you're, I'm, you were but, looking for meaning. Yeah, I was looking for meaning. So anyways, actually, I was I was looking to stay dry primarily, yeah. but I'm I'm about to leave. We're about to leave, and he says to us, well, it was fantastic talking to you guys. What are your names? So I introduced myself, and then my fiance says, my name is Sabrina, and he says, wow, uh, you're not going to believe this, but just, just hold tight. And I, of course, I say, should, should I be getting my wallet out? Strike while the iron is hot, I think they call that. <laughs> so he says to my fiance, do you like Audrey Hepburn? I think a lot of women love Audrey yeah. Hepburn. She's, you know, I mean, some men as well. Some men as well, many men as well. Uh, and, then, and then he says, have you heard of the movie Sabrina? And he's rifling through trying to find this poster that he's just acquired in the last week. And it turns out he's got this 1954 uh, movie premiere poster from. It's an original poster, and it was actually displayed. It's got some of the the markings from like the the film canister, and it's got the staples to demonstrate that it was actually held at on one the of the on the wall at one of the the major cinemas. And what he didn't know as he was digging out this poster is that my fiance's father had passed away when she was five years old. His favorite movie was this 1954 movie, Sabrina, um, and that he had actually named her after this movie. Wow. Not only that, but but on his first date with her mother, he had said, you know, just I think kind of facetiously, if I have a, a you know, we're going to have a daughter together and we're going to name that would her be Sabrina. A, that would be a turnoff to a lot of people on the first date. You know what? It was different. It was different, <laughs> different <in> times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was pre-Tinder. Uh, but but it, so he said. So he said that to her, and and then you know it turns out that that you know having lost her father and and knowing this movie, and I'd heard this story several times. But this guy absolutely nailed it. Like we were not leaving the store without this poster. And now Sabrina's, you know, tearing up, and the guy, I, he was even like, tear, like it was, you know. And then they hugged it out in the store, and it was. <laughs> anyways, we left with the poster. Yeah, yeah, and 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 with a with a, a master class on on sales, essentially. Well, for sure, and it got me thinking. Like you know, so. I walk into the store to take refuge from the rain. I come out with a four hundred dollar poster. So what happened? Yeah, you know, what did so he do? Being right? somebody in sales and 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 knowing sales, I, I really wanted to kind of dissect his craft. And so it got me thinking. This is kind of the premise of this show, right? Is we're we're trying to talk about different ways to sell. How do you best sell a home? Right, right. And what do we do? So one thing is that he he knew the product. Mm-hmm. Right, he had a, 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 a deep a, knowledge, a deep knowledge of the product, and not only that, he was very he was willing to engage us in a way where he learned about us, and he was genuinely interested in yes. us. I was going to say, and most, and bringing this back to real estate in Vancouver, everybody's been through an open house where the realtor's sitting there texting on their phone, and they they basically open the door and they ignore uh, you. Yeah, and and, uh, and clearly this this was not the case. To summarize what he does, and I think he does this brilliantly, but it's the idea that you're you're basically learning about the person, and you're you're connecting them to a product that has a meaning. Because sales really is, is I think it comes down to making that connection. Yeah. 
and, and facilitating, you know, helping people find what they're, what they're looking for, whether they knew they were looking for it or not. Exactly. Exactly. And it was, you know, it was, and so the funny thing is, is there was a four day period where, where they were prepping the poster so we could take it home on the plane. And, uh, when we came back, a, a bunch of people, a bunch of salespeople said, Oh, wow, you're Sabrina. It's so nice to meet you. I heard this story. So now we're a story. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, and we're probably going to be a story that's so, if you're ever in Lahaina and you walk into that poster store, uh, be prepared to hear our story. Yeah. No kidding. Okay. So how does this all connect to real estate in Vancouver? Well, I think that's the thing. So it got me thinking, and we were talking about this as well, but the realtor is the storyteller. Yeah. Right. So in other words, what do you mean by that? So, so the realtor, so I think a good, a good agent needs to know the product. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and, and be constantly learning about the product. And, and when I say product, so knowing uh, a house or knowing a condo or knowing a condo building or knowing a commercial space. Knowing as much about the product as possible. Exactly. So knowing, so product knowledge, but also like a deep product knowledge, but also a deep understanding of the area and, you know, the history of the property and learning as much as they can about that specific product. Mm -hmm. And then also learning about the market. So and the target, the, market. the target market. Yeah. yeah. So who is the who is the buyer for this particular property? And not only marketing to them, but as people come through, at, engaging them in kind of a meaningful way, and and learning about what their goals are, and understanding what their object, ob- yeah. objections Fra- fra- are. Framing the narrative, essentially. Yeah, framing the narrative of each individual property. Right. In Just kind of as uh, the poster uh, salesman, poster owner did. Yeah, owner of the poster shop. <laughs> Nailed that's it. A, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> so then, so that, that goes to say, so, okay, so if we're talking about how to best sell your home, so one of the, the first point would be find an agent that has area expertise, right? that's willing to, if they don't know about your particular home, uh, they should. I mean, they should have a general idea of, say, um, the history. If you're selling a 1940s house in East Vancouver, well, what is the backstory of those bungalows? Why were they built? Were they the post-war bungalows? Were they built for soldiers returning home? How were they built? What were the building practices of that time? Uh, were they the houses running on oil? Was there, you know, there's there's so many questions to know. So make sure that you engage a realtor that actually understands the product. But then also the area, right? I mean, you don't want to be, I, personally speaking, if, if a guy works the Surrey market, I don't want him to sell my Vancouver home. And the reason for that is is not because maybe he doesn't know Vancouver, but it's very hard to keep up on more than one market. Mm-hmm. Do you find that? Like staying on top of just Vancouver proper, and I mean boundary yeah. to, to the cutoff of Richmond to, you know, not even going to North no, the Vancouver. dynamics are, to- are totally different. Absolutely. Uh, I was with a client even, you know, crossing over the Lionsgate Bridge into North Van and... Uh, everything it, changes. Every, everything changes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's... All the markets in the gen- in the greater Vancouver area are connected, but each has their own specific market cycle. Well, yeah, and I think the other thing that you should be looking for in an agent is somebody who knows the target market 
and uh, knows how to present the material to that target market. And I think that these are sort of uh, that's something that is not tangible, right? Right. You have to. I, that's why I would suggest anyone you know interview a few different realtors before you you sign on with one. But I mean, if I was looking for a realtor, I'd look for somebody who was personable. You know, somebody you liked, somebody who's genuinely curious about people. I mean, that's one and thing. Curious about things, right? Just that's that's honestly having like a. Um, being unable to kind of quench your thirst for for knowledge, whether it's market knowledge, product knowledge, but also knowledge of in buyers, individuals. Yeah, that I you're mean that's with. one of the best parts about you know people say, oh, you work open houses on the weekend, uh, that's got to be boring. You meet some of the most interesting people, especially in Vancouver. With you know, it's a really international city, um, but it's it's amazing. The the that's one of the best parts of the job is just meeting new people, and and there's so many interesting people out there, and and that information also helps you as a realtor facilitate a sale right finding out what what people do uh what they're after and placing them right okay so part of it is finding a realtor that uh, a real estate agent that knows the product but also knows the market and so general market conditions but also the target market and is willing to engage people so one of the ways we think of our listings is how to control the narrative how to shape the narrative but also to control it and that's a process we work with sellers on and and there's there's a number of real minor ways uh that you as a seller minor and major minor and major but can help uh, but they all us. work together into a kind of a system right and how to properly and effectively go about marketing your stra- your, your your property your property so we'll just go through what i think is kind of and this is not an exhaustive list by any stretch no. and, and each property we should say at the outset has its own specific marketing plan but let's just talk about kind of the 10 that come to mind yeah. Okay. So number one, declutter. So what does that mean, Matt? Let's flush that out. A lot of people have heard this this word declutter. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just almost uh, inevitably, if your house or apartment or condo is lived in <laughs> and you're a right. normal person, uh, you know, it, you have too much stuff. Exactly. And I tell people often that if you want to see what, what something that's decluttered looks like, go to a developer display suite yeah. for a pre-construction condo. The reason that you walk into those and you say, wow, and it, it, it captures the imagi- imagination because you, you think, I would love to live like this. Well, guess what? Nobody lives in that display suite and that's the only <laughs> and way. nobody it, lives like this. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the only way, reason it looks like that, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, like an, an apple sits on the counter with a perfect knife all the time. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, know, like, exactly. And there's a bottle of wine always on the table. Um, but I want to read these magazines. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it, it's a very, so, so that's a good idea of what you want to make your place look like you honestly don't live in it. Right. So and, get, and, and, and part of that's decluttering. Uh, another part is depersonalizing. Right. So we walk through the entire house and, and each room systematically, we, we choose what, go, what gets put away, what, what needs to be boxed right. up. So what are some obvious ones? So, for example, like a, a cluttered bookshelf. Or a countertop in the kitchen that has a bunch of different appliances on yeah. it. So, like, we're gonna put the coffee maker in the cupboards. We're gonna we're gonna move the blender. We're gonna make it clean surfaces and and basically anything that doesn't have to be there gets moved essentially. Right. And and uh, another obvious one, of course, is family photos. Family uh, photos. We don't people coming through. 
Uh, is this my future home? You know, one of the things that hinders the process of imagination required there is if they're looking at photos of, you know, last year's family picnic. Sure. And or you and your your husband or you and your wife on on the beach, um, you know, it's it's hard to not see this property as your specific home and not theirs, right? Mm-hmm. So that's number two is to depersonalize. So get rid of all personalized photos. And I would also say get rid of anything like um, cards. So like say cards from your family members, that sort of thing. Anything that's like a uh, kind of really personalized in the sense of maybe art that might be not very generic. Right. Uh, you know, maybe you love a particular piece of art, but if it's a quite a polarizing piece, it can uh, actually deter deter right. people from feeling comfortable in the space. Right. It's it's it, you know part of it is you know making your home as generic as possible, which speaks to the to the display center. Yeah. So keeping it decluttered and depersonalized, but also making it very kind of neutral, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and non offensive. Right. So number three, number three. Have have your place professionally cleaned. Yeah. So unless you want to spend the the day, it's probably going to take, and you know, and even on places where you keep a clean house, I mean, we mean clean by you know, get the toothbrush out and start cleaning the the grout and 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 that sort of thing, yeah. right? It's gonna it's and my honestly, I think a good agent should have a team, right? And and part of having a team is having a good cleaner on staff that can actually come in and clean your place and and make it show incredibly well working open houses it is amazing uh, how often if there's a pet right cat or dog at least a quarter of the people that come through comment well there's certainly a a pet in here or it smells like cat pee or ooh, what's that smell in here my sense of smell maybe is not as uh, sophisticated as as many people that doesn't actually bother me most of the time but it is amazing how often it does so we want to deodorize uh, the place and and have any sort of even slightly offensive smell taken care of. So that's tied into getting it professionally cleaned. And and you're right, if people with allergies, anything like that, they they're going to pick up on that, and it's going to be a bit of a turnoff, right? Yeah. So number four would be taking care of repairs. And so a lot of people say, do I need to change the flooring? Do I need to redo the kitchen? Yeah, some massive yeah. renovation project. And and as we've learned, and I mean, you can go back into earlier episodes, uh, like our one with uh, Lee Walker is a good one, the yeah. appraiser. Um, little things like, you know, fixing up minor paint issues, like if there's uh, def- little deficiencies like paint chips, that sort of thing, or, or small holes in the wall. And other things like, you know, if, there, if, if there's any kind of minor repair, no matter how small, just take care of it. So when speaking about having a good team, your agent should have somebody like a, a, a team that can come in and make yeah. minor, take care of minor repairs yeah. for you. And you know what, thinking back to Lee Walker's point, I mean, that even, he was talking about doing those minor repairs even before an appraisal, an appraisal because that for that, sure. that adds adds value even for a, for a professional appraiser walking through. So it really matters, you know, when you have a, a, a large number of groups coming through, you know, you're trying to handle any sort of objections when people are pointing out, hey, what's that? Uh, right. Ooh, uh, the paint here is... A- and perception is reality too. So when people see little bit, little tiny marks or, you know, it, it makes people think that this house is not owned by somebody who's who meticulous, who cares, right? Yeah. So taking care of all the minor things, you don't you don't want the flaws to to show. Um, I, in this case, I I often advise people don't spend a lot of money doing this, 
but it's the little things that matter, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So moving on to number five, furniture, furniture arrangement. <laughs> exactly, furniture arrangement. So uh, furniture arrangement, what I mean by this, and, and we've seen this countless times, this is what we do is in our first consultation, we go through each room and and talk about furnishings and how to arrange them. And then we also decide whether we're going to stage a property or partially stage a property. Right. And one thing that we often advise against is is what I've been seeing kind of time and time again. In in busy markets, it's it's not it's not too significant that a property is vacant. I mean you can definitely sell a vacant property. But what I think people need more than anything are cues. So what do I mean by that? So I've had people walk into bedrooms before. Mm-hmm. They look, they see a door, a closet, and a window, and they say, what's this room? Because there's With no, an ensuite bathroom as well. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no bed. Yeah. But, but some people are not used to looking at properties, and, and I also think that some people are not spatially gifted. Yeah, well, not only what, what is this room for... Uh, but you know, you'll have a thousand square foot two bedroom and they walk into the master bedroom and say, this is so, does a, does a queen size bed fit in here? Right. And you're thinking this is a very large bedroom. Well, (laughs) and that's, and so that's the thing. So it would make, if, if a room seems somewhat small or if you think that's going to be an objection, put a queen size bed in there. Like I've got in the back of my trunk at all times, I have a queen size blow up mattress that I use and I put it into second bedrooms often. And I I do that just for the, I've heard that objection so many times. This room wouldn't fit a queen size and I've measured it. So I know it does. And I are, and you end up kind of arguing with this person as to whether a queen size bed would fit in there. Take that out of the conversation. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, if this is uh, handling objections, just that objection doesn't exist if you've actually put a bed in there to show. Exactly. And then the question is, can I fit my end table? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, but and that's least, why I have a blow-up the... end table in my trunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that's uh, number five. And the other thing about furniture arrangement is also getting a place to show incredibly well. So I've got, we've got an incredible stager who she she does she's, yeah she's going to come on she, we're going to actually have her on in the future but she does partial staging as well so maybe your furniture is amazing but there's a few highlight pieces that we'd like to use just to make it look like that developer display unit and or maybe you have an incomplete set of furniture maybe that second bedroom you just use it for storage well we we want to get we want to get it set up like a bedroom because most people are going to use it as a bedroom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so that's another another thing yeah is, and is, and these things just to be clear are all about going back to our, our original point allows us to kind of shape the narrative and mm-hmm. and and create a story for potential buyers right right and that's so so making sure that we have control over how we present the property, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. So What's now, number six. Well, number six is kind of now shifting gears a bit into how we can actually bring your place to market. So, mm-hmm. what we can do kind of in prep is the first five. Well, now, what we can actually do to start getting it ready to actually hit MLS and and um, and actually get maximum exposure. Number six would be a proper market analysis. Yeah. Well, I was going to say because part part of the Part of what we're doing here is, hey, you can declutter, depersonalize, you can professionally clean, and we can talk all day about a narrative. But unless you have people coming through right. and actually seeing the property, I mean, you think of Sabrina in that poster. I mean, hey, 
he's got a million different stories, uh, a million different people coming through his store, but he needs people coming through the store. That's so the yeah. crucial point here is maximum exposure and how we go about that. So yeah, and it's and I've we say this you know ten times a day, but it's it's getting bodies through the property. It's mm-hmm. getting maximum exposure. So what? How do you do that? Well, on the one hand, you get a proper market analysis. So. You may think your property is worth this amount because you heard that your friend down the street sold six months ago for right. X amount of dollars. Well, six months ago is not current, and it could have significantly different factors or, or attributes to that property Absolutely. that make your property either significantly more valuable or significantly less valuable. What was the lot size? How many bedrooms were upstairs? Was there a separation in the bedrooms? Because you know, you know, or what, even what was the condition e- of yeah. the unit? Yeah. How did they actually present it? Yeah, you know, say, even when, down did to it the look like things. a hoarder lived in it, or or was it was it staged and properly cared for? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things to consider, and that and that also goes to show. Like we see this time and time again where there's a discrepancy between the same floor plan selling in a building, right? Like an O2 plan on the fifth floor sells for more money than an O2 plan on the ninth floor, right. even though you think the, the, the ninth floor I'd rather live more. on the ninth floor. Well, most people would, and there's value in floor height. But you'll see that the presentation of a property can often yield better results, right? In a right. very similar, in, in a, a very well, sim- even because it creates potentially, uh, you know, everybody is going after the multiple offer situation, right? But a, a property that's presented well garners more attention, and and the potential for a multiple offer situation, which inevitably leads to a better uh, a better sale price. Exactly. So getting it ready, but then having a market analysis done that's current. So you're looking at all the sold comparables in either the building or the area and you're looking at active comparables in the building in the area you're looking at the stats and how the market has changed but you're getting good information from your agent to come up with a general area of where you hope to land and also in and helps point to the best strategy for your your property when you're seeing when you're looking at a recent solds Yep. And active comparables and how long they've been on the market. I mean, you can. You, it speaks to your property in a way that is just that is that is useful. So seven is coming up with a pricing strategy based on that market analysis that's effective. And one of the things here is, and you say this to to buyers in this market and and sellers as well. Pricing strategy, you know, it it is uh, tethered to to market value, of course. Um, but often, what I like to how I like to pitch it is. It is part of the advertising strategy, right? right? It's it's not necessarily where you want to end up. It's more about getting people through, getting people through the door. So, and I mean, part of and we've probably said this before. Uh, you know, the ninety nine cents strategy. Uh, we work with a lot of buyers, and if you you know you, anyone can think about this. What, what's your budget? Well, I'm looking up to seven hundred thousand. Well, I'm looking up to four hundred thousand. Well, I right. can't go over five hundred thousand. So anything at four ninety nine. Or four hundred ninety nine thousand at that. If your price points at five hundred thousand, you're going to see. And there's a lot of people out there that that's the way everyone is is structuring their search. So working within the this particular price band. So what you mean by that is, so if I'm set up on on an automated listings software and I say maximum five hundred, and we list the property at five oh nine, it's not going to show up in my listings. And not only yours. Because everyone's searching with those the with same those parameters. Kind of parameters. Lot, uh, yeah, there's a ton of people you're missing. Exactly. So trying to capture the largest portion of the market. So when you when you price it, say say it was let's use that example of four ninety nine. 
not only do you get everybody up to, even if you think your place is worth 510, not only do you get everybody up to the 500 mark, but you get everybody above the, yeah. above with a mark. Up to the 600, up to the 700, 700 on and on yeah. and on. So it, it's, it's, you know, and that's not necessarily the strategy for all particular types of properties, right. but it's just something being, to consider. being conscious yeah. of that and something to consider. So coming up with a pricing strategy is, is key. And from that pricing strategy, number eight is, is how you unroll the, the, yeah. the property. So from everything from when it hits MLS to the showing schedule to offer presentation. Right. And this is, you know, we've covered this uh, in how to win a multiple offer situation. Right. Um, that the, the market is structured in a, in, a, in a way right now. Very active market. It's yeah. a different, this would be a different strategy in this very hot market than it would be in a balanced market of or course. in a buyer's market. Right. But generally speaking, what we like to do is we like to come on on a Monday, right? Um, meaning that we hit MLS on a Monday. Yeah. Monday is also, it's, it's funny, but looking at, at, at uh, charts of, of when people are active looking at listings, there's always a spike on Monday yeah. because Monday is when people are back at the office. And quite frankly, uh, employers cover your ears, but people at work often look at, uh, at real, real estate. estate. Real estate is, is yeah, at, during the office days when, <laughs> when yeah, you're not talking to people, but at 5.30, they've been looking because you get a lot of calls. So coming on early in the week, and what that also does is it provides five days of momentum for the open house. The so open people house are the seeing the property and they're getting excited about actually getting, you know, maybe they've looked at the photos 50 times before they actually, they've already kind of fallen in love with the property mm-hmm. before they actually get to see it on the weekend, right? So coming right. on early in the week and having then scheduled showings and and part of that is like we said in the in the past uh you know to be to be wary of if you're a buyer but in the in the a selling strategy is pressurize the situation have as many people through uh at once uh, the interest level is high um, and you know what it's uh it, human nature but everybody wants something that other people want right that's uh that's just the way it goes and or, or the the reverse way of saying that is is people start to question if other people don't want it yeah what am i missing right yeah yeah exactly exactly okay so having having a, a good pricing strategy having a showing schedule how you un- unroll a listing well and uh, and and the and number nine which speaks to your point about people fall, having having fallen in love with the property before they've even seen it speaks to uh having number nine professional marketing materials having a professional photographer is i I honestly think this is one of the most important things like it some realtors and some buyers you know for sale by owners i've seen it in the past but your iphone photos are not going to cut it (laughs) they're not going to cut it and and nobody's falling in love with with the photo where they can see the realtor in the mirror of the bathroom <laughs> trying to shoot from the worst possible angle. And I mean, there's a I re- fell in love with that bathroom before I even saw yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I fell in love with the realtor in the photo. Yeah. Uh, the, the point is that you want somebody, like we have an architectural photographer who actually understands angles and how to shoot yeah. a property yeah. in a correct way. And there, there's ways to maximize perception of, yep. of space, especially yep. in photography. And, I and mean, it's not, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a skill set, it's a craft, uh, and it's worth paying for. And anyone that knows photography, like I don't know photography, 
right? And I, and, and I, I don't trust myself to take, I barely trust myself to take photos of, of myself or, or yeah. our family or whatever. You do take a lot of selfies. Though. I do take, yeah, but that's because I have a stick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think the idea is to get somebody that actually knows how to, to photo- photograph different spaces and, and present them in, in kind of, again, a, a very meaningful way. Right. Um, having floor plans, I like floor plans. I know you use floor plans as well. We use floor plans with our listings. And it's because for, for a lot of people, they like to leave with something tangible that they can draw on, that they can mm-hmm. sketch out to make sure that, that they can fit ha- their furniture. Or From a design well, it, perspective, it's important. I was going to say, and it helps. It's talk about um, somebody coming in that speaks to to uh, staging and, and um, decluttering and everything else you want. Right. You want people to be able to imagine the space and how they'd use it. Yep. And, I, and a lot of people really like to have that floor plan to look at. The other thing about the floor plan is often places measure larger than what is on the strata plan. So for, or what people think their house, the size of their house yeah, is. Yeah, you don't want to, yeah. So when you get a professional floor plan, it, it often is measures larger than, than, you think and it's it's better to have that if i can give somebody a floor plan if the strata plan reads 800 but the place measures at 857 realistically people see that 857 and people are more more concerned with the actual livable space than yeah. what the strata and obviously the strata plan it, that's and filed. price per square foot matters i mean that's exactly yeah. exactly so it that's it's a key thing um, and going with these professional marketing materials, having professional feature sheets made that that showcase your your property in 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 the most uh, the, best, the best way possible in the best really. way possible, yeah. for sure. Um, that's obviously not an exa- exhaustive list of our marketing materials, but but gives you the idea. Yeah, for sure. So number ten, and this again. So uh, you know, to go back to the the poster shop getting bodies through right if you have you can have the best posters in the world and this and stories for everyone but if you don't have somebody coming Name into Sabrina. your yeah, if you don't have somebody coming into your store you're not able to you're not able to 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 really work with anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so having the best marketing plan in terms of maximizing the exposure to your property so so that could mean the way that your agent so first of all the websites that they're putting the property on. So MLS is an obvious, that's that's where you're going to get yeah. the most exposure. Print publications. Some people still look at print publications. Yeah, um, We do now a lot of social media campaigns. We've got fantastic yeah, results from on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram yeah. from from presenting properties. One, one of the ones that a lot of people don't even realize, but we're in a downtown office of 105 agents. So some of our best potential buyers are already working with agents in our in our office agents we know uh and we can work with very easily and put the deal together seamlessly exactly so we basically present all of our listings at the meeting so now there's 105 agents that already have buyers that could be a potential fit for a property Mm -hmm. so really and i mean again if we could do a whole po- podcast episode just on on how we on the Monday strat- morning meeting, well, on our <laughs> on our strategies to expose a, a property, but the key here is getting maximum exposure. Yeah. So, what are the ways that we're getting your property out there to the world? Because at the end of the day, none of this stuff yeah. really matters if we're not going to get maximum exposure to your right. property. Right. Okay. So, uh, Matt, how can people reach you? You can reach me at 778-847-2854 or matt at scalinarealestate.com. 
and I can be reached at 778-866-4574 or adam at scalinarealestate.com. We also have that uh, info at scalinarealestate.com. The nonpartisan line. Yeah. yeah. So get get in touch with us there, and uh, should we cue the outro music? The echo machine is on. (laughs) I thought it was my crowning achievement, uh, to be honest. But (laughs) to be clear, Matt did not make the intro or the outro. (laughs) Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Speak to you soon. Take care. This has been the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast with Adam and Matt Scalina. Contact us anytime at 778-866-4574 or 778-847-2854 or online at www.scalinarealestate.com. Subscribe today.